Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Secret of Mana for the Super Nintendo Part 3. Alright friends, welcome back to part three as we celebrate the secret of Manuary. We've explored some of the history of this game, our history with this game, our general thoughts about it, and our basic gameplay. We've started going through this game area by area and we'll continue to do so on this episode. But first I'd like to talk about the music of this game just a little more in depth. Let's do it. We both really enjoy this soundtrack. Oh yeah. And the music was composed and produced by Hiroki Kikuta. And he has not done a lot of games. In fact, this was his first major game soundtrack or game soundtrack at all. Uh, Before this, he had just done sound effects. (laughs) Okay, okay. Uh, The soundtrack was supposed to be done by Kinji Ito, who had composed the soundtrack to Final Fantasy Adventure. Okay, okay. Uh, but he was too busy working on the Romancing Saga. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, that name sounded familiar, and I think he did some the soundtracks for the Final Fantasy Legend? Yes. Okay, cool. Now, Hiroki, he actually uh, got his start at Square, kind of interestingly. He had not worked in any video game companies before or anything like that. He, he was an artist first, doing some fill-in on some manga stuff, uh, but he did oh. his own music in his spare time. And when he came to Square, I guess he said he was mainly hired because he shared a love of progressive rock or prog rock. Oh, okay. With Nobuyo Uematsu, uh, who yes. you know as Mr. Final Fantasy. Sure, yeah. Very. One of the most famous composers. Which, you know, I think we've touched on briefly, but there is this weird vein of prog rock love amongst Japanese video game musicians. Well, it's something that. I'm not a huge prog rock fan, even though I come from a, a family of proglodytes. Yeah, uh, I know. You're <laughs> a, lot, a lot of uh, Rush memorabilia, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it makes sense, like, because when you're doing an RPG and you have these long battles and you want them to be like, I don't know, they, you know, it, it helps to make it not repetitive to have some kind of elements of, you know, you're changing, playing with stuff. Uh, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. So don't hold it against uh, Mr. Hiroki, uh, his, he says that Pink Floyd is his biggest influence uh, when making music. Hey, that's, that's a good, good influence. <laughs> it works out well in this game, that's for sure. Oh, and one absolutely. of the more interesting things he did, and I think is why the music is so good in this game, was that when he was composing it, he created his own samples that he had made to most closely mimic what the Super Nintendo could produce. That makes sense, yeah, because it doesn't, I don't know, it just has a certain unique quality to it, and that, that, that tracks, man. Yeah, he didn't want anything to be lost in translation from what he had designed and what went into the game, and I think, you know, the fact that the music is so good shows that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, he worked for Square for seven years, and during that time, he only made three soundtracks. He did this, he did the Trials of Mana. Oh, okay. And a game I'm not familiar with, but it's called Suikagi. Huh. Yeah, I don't know that one. I don't think it was released in America. Hmm. Uh, and then he left the company to create his own, and he dabbled in a bunch of other soundtracks, mainly for things uh, overseas with a couple. He'll do one song on, say, like a Soul Calibur or something like that. Oh, okay, okay. And still does a little bit to this day. 
And as far as the soundtrack to this game, Secret of Mana, it was released on CD when the game came out. Oh, sure. Uh, it's been re-released a few times. And then there's a collection of Mana soundtrack that has uh, a lot from this and his other works uh, combined. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy that it's his first one because it's a deep soundtrack. Like, it's you're talking 30-some tracks, I think. Yeah, it's super interesting that he went from making sound effects to getting this. You know, I think... Because it was his first thing, it was said he spent pretty much like 24 hours a day in his office, uh, just leaving to get food. He slept there and he would record and edit, record and edit and just work on it nonstop, apparently. And, you know, (laughs) it pays off. It shows the hard work he put in. That's a tough act to follow, too, you know. (laughs) Indeed. So, Nick, we've put it off a few episodes, uh, and I'm looking forward to your take on it because I've, I've glanced at it myself. But what can you tell us about this pretty awesome manual? Oh, this is a good one, man. High watermark here. Uh, yeah, there's no beating around the bush. I wasn't even going to be like, well, is it good? <laughs> well, I mean, I knew this ahead of time because, uh, you know, we both owned it. So, And I read this manual many a time, looked up the art and tried to copy some of it. You know, the huge. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Like... Uh, it's big. It's 63 pages, full size and color, of course. It has a bunch of the, again, like we kind of saw with the Blaster Master in Nintendo Power, where they have those plasticine models or, you know, so you have one of each characters plus the Dragon Flammy. So those look cool. Yeah, it's super interesting that I guess that was a really big thing in Japan, especially for uh, Japanese covers, uh, for gaming magazines and for the video games themselves. I wish it was bigger. Like, it's it's really cool. <laughs> it is. There was a good Retronauts where they were talking to a collector of Ephemera for Nintendo Power, and he kind of went into some detail about why Nintendo Power used them, and it was directly because they were so popular in Japan. Hey, if you already got the models, I mean, why wouldn't you use them? Exactly. And like you say, they look awesome. Yeah, yeah. It does go through the story a bit at the beginning, which, you know, I thought was interesting because it's second person like it's talking to you which is kind of a a weird way to do it uh but basically long ago the evil ancient ones used mana versus the gods it's kind of worded strangely like i said and the hero beat them with the mana sword yeah i think they you know tried to americanize it a little a little too much and therefore the story is a little muddled yeah it does get kind of weird basically now you have the mana sword and you got to find, you know, the eight seeds and seal their power away to stop the mana fortress and the mana beast, which will rise to stop the mana fortress. But it goes through the all of your controls, all your ring menus, your different magic. It tells you about crystal orbs, friends and services, obstacles. Yeah. Players, I mean, characters, all the magics. Square did not mess around. No, no. they. I mean, they always, especially for RPGs, you got a lot to talk about. And they certainly talked about it all here. You get... All the items with uh, screenshots of what they look like. Awesome. And then at the end, they cap it off with a walkthrough for the first uh, chunk of the game, actually, up to right about where we are in our walkthrough for our level by level. Yeah. And, you know, we don't really mention it much in other games because we haven't done a lot of RPGs. But uh, and we mentioned it, I think, in the previous episode. This also came with a very nice big fold out map. Oh, yes. uh, Which is super helpful. It is almost necessary, to be honest with you. Yeah, at certain points, because, you know, when you're flying around, 
in the mode seven sequences, you know, it's not like, say, Final Fantasy three slash six, where the map you have been looking at and walking on just flattens out and you fly over it. You know, you're you're flying over stuff that does only barely resembles what you had been adventuring through. Yeah, I mean, think about it this way. Would you be able to pick out an aerial view of your city or town right. versus any other one nearby? I, yeah. I probably would not. And but, I know I could not in this game. So No, I definitely couldn't. I, I used this map. So, uh, yeah, pretty solid manual uh, to be expected from a high-quality developer like Square. Excellent. folks we continue to take this game area by area and last time we talked we had just left the water palace and are about to explore a cave to the side yes just over to the east is a little pool and a cave and there's fish you gotta fight and these fish are kind of weird yeah these fish are actually pretty tough when you first or at least they were to me when i first got there. yeah when you first get there they can be like i they were too tough for me to kind of risk running by so i actually did grind a little bit here all right. And then quickly into that cave, you fight this uh, weird creature you're going to be seeing a couple times throughout the game. Yeah, it's kind of like a boss. Like, it starts off as a little, they call it a tonpole, I think. It's, it's a little kind of tadpole-looking blob thing that's... Once again, just, very cute. Yes, and it barely fights back. You just have to avoid it. Yeah. Uh, but then after a minute, it changes form. Yeah, into a little, also pretty cute little lizard. And the its second form uh, mainly just it bites you and tries to swallow you. Yeah, it has like a tongue, kind of Yoshi style. Yeah, but it's very easy to deal with. Uh, as soon as you get swallowed, if you hit it, you pop right out. Yeah, it's more of an annoying boss, really, because it casts cure water on itself. Yeah, this is one of those bosses that where, where if you're playing with two players, they are super easy. Oh, man, I bet, yeah. Because one person can be focusing on magic if they need to, or charging up, and the other person can just be hitting it every time it starts to get up so you never really have to worry about it using anything i w yeah i playing at one player i had the both of the people i had to keep them on stay away and guard because they kept getting eaten and yeah it, it, it wasn't really that deadly but it was just annoying where it got old quick yes now once you defeat it though you get the glove orb yeah and you find the water spirit undying yeah our first uh elemental yep you get your first two rings of magic one for the sprite one for the girl and this is going to be the magic you use 95% of the time for the girl. Yeah, you get three spells apiece. Yes, there's three spells each. And what are those spells? Uh, let's start with the girl. Okay, so for the girl, you get three spells. You get Ice Saber, mm -hmm. which is a buff that your weapons will then... I think it turns them into snowmen. Yep, uh, uh, Frosty is the ah. modifier. So yeah, the, which is pretty cool because the, they will stop moving and I, apparently they take more damage. Uh, yes. That's for two MP. For one MP, you get Remedy, which is useful because it removes any status effects on your guys. Yeah, mainly used for demoogling or growing before you have the items that do that for you. Yeah, yeah. And you can do it on three people. <laughs> so like if you're all getting tore up, it's it's an easy fix. Yeah. But finally, the MVP of the game is Cure Water for two MP. It's a heal spell. You can target one or all of your party members. And if you keep it topped up at its highest level, it's almost always 
so strong that will heal you fully if you do the whole party. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. Now that every spell you cast can be cast as a single person on an enemy or yourself or everyone. Yeah, you do have that option, kind of like in some Final Fantasies, to spread it out, and it typically weakens it a little. Correct. And then, like we said, there is also that Ice Saber, and almost all magics are going to have some sort of Saber version. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a a theme you'll see in the girls' magic as you go along. It's it's something I, I didn't really use much, but I kind of wish I did. But I, I use, we used it a lot more this time because it's so cheap. Yeah, I, I, I eventually it just lasts so long that it doesn't matter. Yeah, later on I, I did use some flame saber, but we'll get there. But uh, for the sprite, we have some attack spells. So for two MP, you can cast freeze. This is your basic ice attack, mm-hmm. and I used it quite a lot in the beginning. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, you also have Acid Storm. Barely used also, it all. Yeah, it's 2 MP. Well, it lowers enemies' defense, which is, yeah, it's cool, I guess. But you don't want to waste that it on sweet, normal. sweet, sweet damage. Yes, yeah. You never have enough MP to waste it, I think. Um, and finally, for 3 MP, you get Energy Absorb, which drains HP from the enemy and gives them to the sprite. Which, you know, I probably should have used more often, but I never did. Ah, it doesn't, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like in the beginning is probably the best time to use it. It could be, yeah, but... Even right now in this game, it's like you don't even have 10 MP. You know, you probably Yeah, have I guess eight. that's the problem. So it's like, man, I, I can cast this like twice in a spell or I can cast four spells, you know. And most of the spells for the sprite, at least, uh, once you get to level four, you do get a, a bit of a graphical change. They look a little more intense. Yeah, that is something, especially if you put in the grinding hours of casting spells over, you'll see them slowly, you know, they have several different iterations of strength, kind of, so that's cool. It is, and we'll talk about that later, because, you know, I had not finished this game when we started the podcast. Right. And I hadn't really put in the grind as much either, so towards the end, I did put in a lot of grinding time. And I guess we'll talk about that when we get to the area in which I ground the most. Oh, Excellent. So we got our new water elemental undying and oh, we also get the javelin here, a.k.a. the pole dart pole dart. Yeah. So we got a a weapon as well. After that, you return to the water palace and you've now restored it to its glory. The magic is back and you can take your magic spells up to level one at this point. You're at level zero. Yeah, which I know I did right away. Yes. Luca tells you you should probably visit the Dwarf Village. So that is, of course, your next destination. Yes. And so head back to Gaia's Naval. Um, You can walk or cannon. And luckily, we have that shortcut to get down to the village. You know, of course, forge up everything you can afford or want. Yes. And at the bottom where you fought that weird creature, uh, you now see a you know bunch of lava blocking you off if you go through the cave behind it. And there is an orb in there, and these orbs are going to be seen all throughout the game. Yeah, they all require a certain elemental spell to be cast on them. You know, this one is no real mystery since you only have the one element, and she told you to use it here. So you cast Freeze on it, and it will then dampen the lava so you can walk across. Indeed. And now the funny thing is, is that usually you'll have to use a spell later to figure out what magic to use on the orb. Yeah. But if you already know what to use, it never penalizes you. You don't have to cast the finding spell first. You can always just go right away casting the spell it needs on it. Yeah. So it's no big deal. A little little gatekeeping for you there. And what is in that cave? Why, it is a palace. 
Yeah, it's kind of funny. You go through this cave right into this uh, great, uh, pretty cool looking palace. It is the underground palace. It does look really cool. The windows are awesome. I don't yeah, know yeah. what light is coming through the stained glass. Maybe it's lava light, but it does look really cool. <laughs> Phosphorescence. You find a bunch of goblins in here. Ones that throw boomerangs, black guards, green drop slimes, and the chess knights. Yeah, they look like a big chess piece. A knight, obviously, horse head. And they're not too bad, but they can do some serious damage if they get you. If they, if they run into you, they can really tear you up. But you've got a healing spell now, so. Oh, yes, you do. Now, this entire level is pretty linear. You just have to walk around. There's switches you must hit to open new paths, but you can go nowhere else but to those switches first. Right, yeah, you just got to do it. And at the very end of the level, you will find the boss, the Fire Gigas. Yes, a large. Well, along the way, you do encounter the gnome elemental guy and him and the sprite kind of fight. And then. Oh, that's right. Then the Gigas shows up and the gnome runs away. Yes. And this Gigas can be quite a boss fight early on. You didn't level up that magic, so you're going to be really hurt. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and the kind of standard thing is, is if you're really going to try and fight it, you want to cast whatever the elementally appropriate saber spell is. Mm -hmm. Or you can just rapid cast freeze from the sprite and probably kill it. (laughs) You can, but this is one of those few enemies that does have a state of invincibility. Where it'll break into some fireballs and fly around for a moment. Yeah, yeah. And that can make this fight last a little longer than you expect and make it harder to, to, you know, just spell it to death, especially if you don't have your timing down yet, which I did not at this point. Sure, sure. And, you know, he's throwing fire spells at you, so it can be kind of a pain in the butt. Yes. Once you defeat it, though, you get the axe orb. And behind the fight room is the mana seed room where you find that gnome again. Yeah, yeah. And the sprite uh, has a little... The sprite talks some smack to him, and then he eventually agrees to join you. He will gift you his magic, and, well, let's talk about it. All right, so starting with the girl, you get the stone saber, four magic points, pretty pricey. And like we said, you're going to get a saber for each one. It does exactly what you think. It will do the elemental damage, and if there is a modifier with that element, such as petrify or whatever that will happen to the creatures yes you also get speed up for three magic points never use it never really used it myself and but what i did use was defender yes i did a a little bit as well especially early in the game it's it's only two mp and it raises your defense and you know decreases the damage she takes so uh, it's it's pretty cheap and uh pretty helpful i think agreed now the sprite gets uh two pretty useful spells and one not so useful spell (laughs) Uh, on the costly side of things, for three magic points, you get Earth Slide. Yes, which is an attack spell. I didn't use it too much because it is three magic points. Yeah. But the real MVP is the second one you get, Gem Missile. Yes, which shoots out some, well, gems that strike the foes. Uh, Looks really cool. I, yeah, it doesn't seem to do as much damage as Earth Slide, but I think the math works out in the favor yes. of Gem, gem Missile per A MP lot- spent. I find a lot of times the two versus three MP things, you'll get basically just enough to make it worth your while to spend your points on the lesser spell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then finally, we have the third sprite spell, and that is speed down. Yeah, which I actually cast this uh, hundreds of times. Sure, it's it only costs one MP, so it's it's your go-to for when it's time to level up the gnome. Yes, uh, you find a creature that can't get to you, and then you can just <laughs> stand there and speed it down till you run out of well 
either run out of magic points or get down to one or two magic points. <laughs> Hopefully later on, once you've gotten that MP drain. Oh, yeah, the best. And that's it for magics. Now, also here in this underground temple, you need to activate that seed. Yeah, so you step up with your mana sword, touch it. And now all magics can go up to level two. So you can grind that if you choose right now. I chose not to and possibly played, paid the price for it. I went straight to the water palace where we talked to Luca again, and she'll tell you that Gemma has not returned from Pandora. Perhaps you should investigate that land. Oh, yes. And this is we've been to Pandora before. So it's where the girl's from. Yeah. So returning there. Now you can head south through the town and it kind of curves around. Yeah. Everyone there's been real weird and spaced out. Yeah, yeah. At one point, one of the guys is like, don't even bother talking to anyone. <laughs> so, but you can head down to uh, some ruins. Uh, and they're creepy looking. Not only are the ruins creepy with their Baphomet style, like demons. Yeah, yeah. But those guys walking around with their like weird Cthulhu masks on. Something, yeah. They look, they definitely look like some kind of cultist. Yes, they look very creepy, but they just don't. I like that they just also walk around. They don't care about you. Yeah, they're not enemies, really. <laughs> nope. Uh, inside these ruins or the temple, it is very purple. Uh, yes, indeed. All the carpet is. Uh, here you'll meet the Tomato Man. I yeah, I was going to say Tomato Man and some uh, zombies. Or Tomato Man. I don't know. Tomato, Tomato, Mana, Mana. I don't know. I, I'd say we just call this whole thing off. <laughs> the Tomato Man, th these are some enemies that, you know, we'll see more of them in the future. I think Eggplant Man or, you know. Yes. But... They not only summon other enemies, but they're flying. And some of the flying enemies can be a real pain where you just can't hit them, you know? Well, yeah, only the bow and arrow sure, or the javelin yeah. has a chance of hitting them every so, time. Every now and then you'll get a, a good whack in, but I don't know. I, I didn't bother fighting them at this point in the game. Yeah, I, I did not much either. I think also you have the evil swords in here for the first time. Oh, sure. Yeah. Flying swords. And the whole deal with this temple is that there are a bunch of false rooms. Yeah, uh, not false. In. They're just rooms that have nothing in them. Like, you know, you think you have to explore, but you really, there's a very quick path to make it through if you don't go into any of the extra areas. Yes. Uh, you make it all the way through these hallways around the labyrinth that is this temple. And you encounter the first wall boss. And honestly, I think the hardest well, oh, but before, right before that, we do see, we see Dyluck and Fana, and that's where we meet Thanatos. Oh, yes. I'm so sorry. I, I skipped over all of that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just a quick conversation, but. But it is interesting because that's where, uh, I was going to say Kit Kat, but the girl <laughs> realizes that uh, Dyluck is under the influence or spell of the evil, and we find out the big evil is Thanatos. Yes, and then. I think he, there's a trap door that throws you down, too. There's a lot of trap doors in this game. There are, man. They need to get a, a rogue or a thief in their party. Yes. And yes, you fall down into the wall face room. And I think this is the hardest wall boss. Uh, it can be. Um, I didn't I didn't really have too much trouble with it myself, but I did grind up before I fought it. I did not. And, I, and it showed because we had to fight it like three times. Oh, yeah. Yes, because uh, every wall boss you fight is going to have three eyes. Yes. And each eye has a different ability slash purpose. The left and right eye actually have no bearing on the health of the wall. Right. They just attack you. Or heal themselves or the middle eye. Yeah, which is, you don't want that, obviously. 
No, it is the center eye that does take damage. And it is uh, slowly opening and closing. And when it is closed, it does not take any damage at all. Right. So it can be very frustrating if you're uh, not timing your spells correctly. Yeah, if you have the timing down, you can empty out your MP, however much you have. I was able to do that with the gem missile spell, and it was almost dead from that center eye. And then you can, but it, it can actually be a tricky boss to fight without the magic. Yes, because not only is it constantly healing uh, itself or opening the eye, you know, once an eye dies, it's only down for a little bit before the center eye brings it back to life. And then there's a weird thing where if you don't kill the center eye fast enough, then it switches over to where the whole wall is moving and you have a certain period of time before you are crushed between the wall and spikes. Yeah, it's uh, kind of like similar foe in Final Fantasy 2 slash 4. So my advice is do what Nick did, make sure you level that magic up and then you'll have no trouble defeating this wall. Yeah. Uh, you will receive the bow orb. Thanatos releases the villagers, but he uh, takes Fana, your old friend, and Dyluk, your bow, hostage, and they, they roam off. Yeah. Now, as you wander around, you'll find Gemma, who's like, what's yeah. going on? Yeah, he was he was one of the, he was zombified too or whatever, right? Yeah. And everyone in the town is back to normal. They're super happy about it. And finally, that armor shop is open, so now you can upgrade a little bit. Yeah, this is where... Uh... I got what well, I definitely got a Cobra bracelet and have used it for a while too because it'll heal. It protects you from poison and you can just equip it to instantly cure yourself. Yes, a trick I totally forgot about. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, when you're yeah. poisoned, you lose at max like 20 hit points, maybe 30. Or one MP for a remedy spell. It's <laughs> yeah, it's not a big deal. Uh, you can grab some more orbs. Yeah, like the. The Lord of this town or whatever gives you, you get a sword and a spear orb. And those sword orbs are the real, the real money there. Oh, yeah. Every time I got a sword orb, that meant got to go to the blacksmith. Yeah. You uh, eventually will get to the point, you know, spoilers, where Watts starts just traveling to every town. But for right now, back to the Gaia's navel. <laughs> and then after that, you need to go. Well, at some order, you have to either go back to the water palace or to the navel. Yeah. Uh, when you do get to the palace, you find out that the water seed was stolen. And she thinks yeah, the she, dwarfs possibly did it. Yeah, so you, you head back to Guy's Navel to investigate. I think she's racist. She's <laughs> she's against the dwarves. Yeah. Anyways, you go back to the, the navel. And is this where there's like the weird hole in the ground? Yeah, yeah. And Jima's there. And he they tell you they're like the thieves who stole the seed are below. So you jump down in the hole, basically. Which makes zero sense, by the way. Yeah, it, well, yeah, this is weird. Because <laughs> you jump down onto a ship. Yeah, which I, I'm... I don't know if it's supposed to be like a earthbound submarine or how it's, you know. I They don't go into it at all. I mean, it does seem, you know, it's high tech, right? Yeah. So. But as you wander around, basically, uh, you find a robot. A yeah. robot sent to kill you. Named Kilroy. Yeah, it's those. Do you see the thieves? You don't see it first. You can't find a whip orb first, so yeah. don't miss that. But yeah, these guys, they call themselves a scorpion army. And they're like, send out our robot to attack. And he's a cool-looking, old-school robot. One center wheel, not unlike the uh, evil creatures from Return to Oz. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this boss is almost as scary because it's got two big hammer arms that will moogle you. Yes. So you and don't want to get hit by those. swings <laughs> them, and he does, like, a spin attack as well. Yeah. Like this was he, one I he starts with legs. I think it's, like, after part of the attack, after you've hit him enough, he switches to that wheel and then starts getting a lot faster. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, this was another one. I emptied all my magic into it. It wasn't quite dead, but I did for a while try to fight without the magic because I don't think it's 
really weak against either of your two elementals you have. Right. But it, it was a it wasn't like hard, but it was really frustrating because I kept getting moogled. And yes. if you again here where you if you try to charge up, it sucks if you get hit and waste it. But like you'll do like a running leap or something, you know, and he would always peg me on my way to hit him. So yeah. that's when I was like, all right, screw this magic all the way. And it's just so frustrating after you've saved up, you know, so many levels of sword charge to have it taken yeah, from I mean, you so quickly. It's probably at like level two now, so it's not even that far, but either way, you can destroy this robot. Kilroy was here no longer. And once you do, you will get the javelin orb, and then you got to take uh, the seed back to the water palace again. That is right. And once you get there, things are going to be a little weird. Oh, yeah, because there's those darn ifishes are everywhere now. Yes. And like uh, as soon as you get inside that temple, boom, boss fight. Yeah, you get in there. You meet a guy named Geshtar. Yes. They want the water seed. And, and you then... are given a choice. Yeah, and I, I think no matter what you do, the same stuff happens. Yeah, because, uh, by the way, I asked my daughter, I was like, what, do you, what should we do? She's like, just give it to him. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> that never crossed my mind as a child when I played this game. I, I would always, like, really debate whether or not to do it. Because I, I famously, well, not famously, but I did it in the first Dragon Warrior and it just kills you at the end. He's like, do you want to join me? And I was like, oh, yeah. And then it just says like, ha, ha, ha. And the, you know, the letters all turn red and you die. And I was like, oh, I had to go through the whole dungeon again. That's what you get for being evil. Yeah. Yeah. Now, either way, he's like, just kidding. I'm going to make you fight this creature. That's right. The Jabberwocky. And it is a two-headed dragon that looks more goofy than menacing. Yeah, this is, this boss is, re- I mean, again, I just blasted him away with uh, gem missiles. Very weak to it. And what's interesting is each head is targeted individually, if you want. Yeah, it's kind of weird. You can, if you kill a head, they don't come back, though, do they? Not on this one. Okay. Not on the Jabberwocky. Gotcha. But either way, it's not very quick. It's easy to hit. You can missile the heck out of it, destroy it. And then you still have the seed. uh, You just have to reseal it. And this was a a point that I really got confused in the storyline and never understood at which point. What sealing and resealing these seeds and orbs did. Yeah, it's because at some point, like I thought I'd sealed them all. And then the ones get stolen. And I was like, I, I thought I prevented this by sealing them. And I don't know. Uh, it is kind of weird. It's like you have we, we need all of the seeds to be in the appropriate temple and sealed. And if anyone messes with it, I guess it undoes it. It's a bad. It's a, it's a lame system. <laughs> but this is it. When you're done beating this thing and talking to everyone, Luca tells you you need to go find the sage Jacques. Yeah, and that's he right. is in the lofty mountains, the first place that is not in this sphere you've been traveling this entire time so far. That's right, because it's in the upper land. And at some point, was it when you jumped down to the boat? The sprite is like, I hit my head and now I remember again. Yes, I need to. I'm from the upper land. So you want to go up there as well for that. And now the only way to get there is from the travel cannon. Now, if you go back, you probably want to upgrade all your weapons. You don't have to, but if you do, go back to the Dwarf Village. You can talk to the Elder, and he will give you the Midge Mallet. And you probably should go ahead and get that right away anyways. Yeah. So you get in this cannon. You are shot to the Upper Lands, and for the first time, you see that you are leaving the continent you're on and moving to another continent. You fly up to the top of a huge forest, and then you'll you'll land where— In fact, I think it's called the Great Forest. (laughs) I think it's great. But yeah, you land in a room—or, I'm sorry, in a— Kind of a clearing in a forest full of Moogles that are in the snow, uh, very distraught. Yeah, their town has been taken over. Yeah, by pebblers. 
Yeah, and you, they want your help, and you said, I'll help you. Yeah, and Watts is up here, too. This is where he starts traveling. So if you didn't forge there, this is where you can do it up here. And what's interesting is this is this forest is four giant areas connected, and each one represents a different season. Yeah. And to unlock the secret entrance to the Mughal town, you must go counterclockwise and do one full rotation. Basically, yeah. There, there's a clue about it somewhere, right? Yes. And once you've done that, a path opens up in the spring section, and yeah, up in right. it is the Mughal town and the Pebblers, which you must fight. And the Pebblers are, they're the hedgehogs, right? Yes. Generally, those hedgehogs suck. Like, they're a pain in the butt. They just they're take always, forever. Well, and they're, they can do some serious damage, typically, whenever you encounter whatever their most Spinning recent... rock thing yeah. is. And then later, when you see the sprite swaps, the later iterations of them are, are tough. Deadly. Yeah, they're definitely one of the run-by enemies. But, now, if you well, defeat the Pebblers, though, instantly the Moogles move in. That's right. And so does Watts. You can get a couple orbs. You get a glove and axe orb. But most importantly, the sprite regains her memory, or his memory, or its memory. Yes. Oh, now is where you do the spring or the seasonal thing. Now, I guess I was wrong, Nick. You can just find the Moogle village. You have to do the order of rotations to find the secret land of the sprites. Yes. And it's such a great protected secret that even when you do that, you are instantly attacked by a giant goofy looking bird. Well, it wouldn't be so goofy if it didn't have those uh, orb legs. Yeah, it's got some long goofy legs. And this boss is called Spring Bake Beak. <laughs> Spring Break. And this boss is called Spring Beak. Say that four times fast. Spring Break. Ah. You couldn't even say it once. I can't say it once. And this bird was trained well at the Air Temple because it has all the air attacks. Yeah, it'll cast the spells, air blast and stuff. It jumps and thunderbolt. around. And that's the hardest part is it sometimes is just not easy to hit because it moves between these giant platforms and moves around. It jumps through the air. And there are times where you can't even hit it on the screen. Yeah, you just have to wait. And I mean, you can charge up during those times if you like. And I think at this point, I still had to you know, level my magic as much as I should have. So I used it all and then we still had to just you know, beat it down as when we could get those few hits in. Sure, yeah. I mean, generally, even if you can't kill it, it's it's worth just exchanging all of your sprites MP for damage. <laughs> Always. Agreed. But defeating it, uh, we get a, a boomerang orb, and then if you keep going north, you go into like a palace, and there's an old man there who's the sprite's grandfather. Yes, and you'll probably be coming back to this place a few times. Oh, yeah. Because... Um, not only does he clue you in on, you know, her history, the history of their people and what's going on, he also heals you and gives you back your magic points. Yes, and that's totally awesome because it's free. And in this temple, for some reason, you have your weapons out. Yeah, so that's really good for the girl when you're casting her spells because you can just talk to him and then without even moving, starts buffing away on somebody. And as soon as you run out of MP, just talk to him, fill it back up. Yep, and uh, if you're anything like me, you'll be doing this quite a lot. Indeed. it's Yeah, it's definitely the place to be. And after talking to him, he will give you access to Sylphid, the Wind Elemental. And three more so, spells apiece. Let's talk about them. Now, let me guess. The girl, does mm -hmm. she get some sort of saber? Oh, you bet she does. It's the Thunder Saber spell. And hilariously, it says 
description weapon gains the power of wind that's it's powerful man <laughs> i was like wait you mean not the power of lightning yeah yeah you would think <laughs> but no unfortunately not that'll run you three mp um mm-hmm. you get a balloon spell for two mp which balloons a good effect because it just stops them cold but i never really use this no the real mvp is her final spell yeah analyzer and only one mp and supposedly it detects traps yeah, I, I don't know what that's all about. But I don't know what oh, that no, means. I, think, I do. You can cast it on chests. Oh, to see if they're... I got it. In fact... Mm. I, and hey, you know what? There's a, a couple dungeons at the end where I, I didn't think about this, but it actually would have helped. But. Yeah, I think that would help. Uh, but most <laughs> importantly, it reveals the enemy statistics. Yeah, you get to see their hit points, magic points, if they, whatever elemental they're weak against. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is really invaluable. As you go throughout the game, uh, even if you are using a guide, it's super nice to f- try to figure out where you're at on a, an enemy's health. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's many times where I was like, I know there's going to be another boss fight. Like, do I want to use more magic on this boss that I'm at now or do I want to switch over? And being able to, for one magic point, find out what its health was is the best. Absolutely. And the sprite also gets three new spells. Yeah, you get air blast which is only two MP. and It's it's like the fireball, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It it shoots out three of these little, they look kind of like yellow buzzsaw blades or something, you know, discs. I think uh, this is the magic Guile uses. Sure, yeah. They do have a sonic boom appearance to them. Mm -hmm. For four MP, you get the Thunderbolt, which is a big lightning attack. Very strong. And then for two MP, you get Silence. Never used. No. I I will say that. I was leveling up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, the air blast is one of those spells, much like Salamando's fireball, that you can't chain cast. It just takes have, so long. Yeah, the you, the sprites have to all go there. So, but you can do it with thunderbolt. So I did end up using that mostly. Okay, and once you get that magic, you need to go up there and seal that seed, like you do. Yeah, buddy. And, and now that you have three magics, that means you can get to level three with all of them. Yeah, so you probably want to. Pretty sure I did. And, you know, to be honest, the, the magic grinding at this point isn't that bad because you're lower levels, so it goes faster, and you're only leveling three magics up, you know? Right. Like, it breaks your heart at the end of the game when you... <laughs> it's like, all right, level up all seven of them. It's like, well, oh. I did not do much leveling till the last part of the game, so... I, I jumped through tons of levels in a one go. Yeah, I, I'm skeptical to how much you actually need to do it, you know, but I, I just wanted to see what, what it would be like for science. I want uh, an easy path through the boss alley that is the final two dungeons. Yeah, for sure. But once you have sealed this away, now you can get moving on your quest. And to do so, you need to find the secret exit from this area. Yeah, uh, you're... Grand, or the sprite's grandfather tells you to go to a place, Matango, to find a, a white dragon. So, But to get there, you need to get to the bottom uh, left of this map area. And once you leave the forest, you'll find an orb, an orb that requires some magic. Yeah, and you just got a new elemental, so... Zelda Logic says you use mm-hmm. the last thing you got. Yep, yep. And once you do so, then you can start adventuring through this forest. Mm-hmm. And it's fairly linear. Uh, The big problem is you're going to encounter a lot of tougher enemies than you have before, especially those kimono birds. Yeah, they're like wizardy kind of. They summon those wonderful uh, needlers or whatever they are. Or pebblers. Pebblers. There's also those annoying, uh, they're steamed crabs. 
Mm-hmm. The crabs are out, which they have. I love the animation on those crabs and they're like shooty claw. Yeah, they shoot out a claw that goes in like a circular pattern that it always like hits me when I'm fighting something else. And I'm like, oh, what? There's a crab down there. Exactly. And then also the owls, the nemesis owls, which are extremely cute. But I think they put you to sleep. They're not good. Whatever they do, they do some sort of horrible spell. They're enemy number one. I try to take them out when I get a a multi-group of enemies. For sure. Now you make it through all of this area and you will find yourself in some caves. The caves of a dragon. At least that's what they call it. But you know, it's actually just a quick little jaunt through the caves. And when you come out, you are in a shady fungus filled area. Yeah. And here's a bunch of like myconid people. It's what is it? Fung castle. Yeah. And before you have fought creatures that looked much like these. Yeah. But these are nice. They're different colors. (laughs) So, you know, and they have a full ecosystem here. You can have uh, the shop. You got to go talk to the king, all that fun stuff. Yeah, you can upgrade. You'll, you can find watts around here. Yes. There's a javelin orb up in the chest. Ooh. Or I think the king gives that you to you. But after you talk to this king, he lets you know that his people saw a white dragon fighting a giant snake in the caves nearby. And that sounds like something that uh, you should check into. So you go to the dragon caves from a different entrance. Yeah, there's a a door that's near the a secret inn. There's a secret yeah. inn above the door. I know that. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It took me I, I it took me a minute. <laughs> Indeed. And these caves can be a little bit confusing. Yeah, this um you'll be using your whip to get across to certain places and then there's a lot of up and down stairs on into multiple little sections, you know. And it's all the same enemies you found in the forest, so they're all annoying and hard. And eventually you get down to where there's an orb. You cast mm-hmm. a gnome magic on it to get through. Keep making your way through this cave and you pop back out into the forest. Hooray. No, it's not hooray because you must fight the great viper, great Randy viper. Orton himself. That's right. Out of nowhere, the great viper. Indeed. And this is actually kind of a tricky boss because it's actually very fast and it moves in and out of the forest. And zigzagging. like I've been saying, any of these bosses where they leave the area or have an invincibility chunk are hard because you can't do that magic chain. It can be tough. This is especially where it's weak against Sylphid. So, and I think it still damages. I don't know. You have to be right on it when you cast the the spells when he first appears, you know, to get it out in time. That's why I didn't use the air blast. Instead, I stuck with the thunderbolt, even though it was twice as expensive. It'll shrink you if it, or does it moogle you? Yes. It shrinks yeah. you, and that is horrible because if you get hit once you're shrunk, that's almost instant death. It's a lot of damage. But generally, it's kind of weird to say, but if you if you focus on dodging <laughs> and blasting with the Thunderbolts, it works out pretty well. Yeah, the thing I was unclear about was where you could hit it. The hitbox on this thing is a little weird. At first, I thought it was only its head, but you can hit any part of it, and it will take the damage. Okay, good. Now, once you've defeated it, though, you get a sword orb. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And then you must continue through the caves. And at the end of them, you find, well, sadly, it's not a big white dragon. I guess it was murdered by that snake. Instead, you find its baby. You get this orphaned uh, white dragon. And you take it back to the king. He names it. How do you pronounce this name? I say Flammy, but. And so does my daughter. It doesn't matter. (laughs) I say Flammy. Okay. Which makes more sense for a dragon, but less sense since it doesn't actually breathe fire. I like to think of it as moons over my flamey. Very, there you go. I, in fact, I, <laughs> I, 
If that is truly the reason for its name, I will acquiesce. <laughs> now, the king says he will raise this creature, take care of it, and lets you know that if you get to the Cannon Travel Center, you can make your way to the desert of Kakara, where the Fire Palace is to be found. So you take the Cannon Travel Operator up on his offer, and uh, you can now get shot all the way to the desert. Yeah, and he screws up. And instead of landing in a desert town, you just land out in the middle of the desert. And it can be a little confusing because your starting area has only one exit. But after that, there are multiple exits and you just don't know where to go. Yeah, basically, it's a weird little kind of grid of screens that eventually loop in every direction except for one. Yeah, you know, you're you're classic. And I hate this desert, by the way. Uh, the shifting sand portions are awful. Oh, yeah. I don't understand how you're, you're supposed to easily get out of them. Uh, you have to use that, the run, you know? Yeah. And then I always run into the arms of one of those antlions or whatever they are spiders yeah they are awful they're a pain I, I don't normally fight many monsters here there's those and the ducks that summon eyeballs they throw at you the ducks are super annoying they're kind of funny because they you know they have a, like a gun and an army hat <laughs> yeah but eventually you'll wander around enough to where your party just kind of gives up where they're all like oh it's just too much and, and when you do you'll... give up you are rescued yeah, kind by of. yeah, kind of, because there's a big sand ship that is imperial, right? Yes, and they think you're spies, or maybe spies, or maybe you're lost. Either way, they decide to put you to work. Yeah, you get shanghaied, kind of, and the the boy and sprite have to work while he takes the girl with him. The commander does. Yeah, I was. Mm. Things were getting a little creepy there. When I was playing this with my daughter. I was like, uh oh, <laughs> I don't remember where the story's going, but I hope it's not that 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 far in that direction. Yeah. So you are now in the boiler room, toiling away. Luckily, there's alone. a fellow. Uh, yeah, there's another guy in there named Sergo who helps. He fakes out a guard to help you escape. And then one by one, of... you you go find the sprite. She's annoyed the other people in the kitchen. Yeah, eating all the food or whatever. And eventually, you, you like roam around this ship in segments. Uh, there's a couple of weird switches you have to hit. Yeah, I remember it being not too obvious, but that's the only way you can really get around. Yeah. And then eventually you find the girl, and if you make your way to the very top, you realize that Geshtar is there. Yes, we saw him in the water palace. Mm -hmm. With Thanatos. And he will challenge you to a fight. Only what you didn't realize is that you forgot to bring your speeder bike to this fight. <laughs> yeah, he's got a sweet high-tech future bike, flying bike. Mm -hmm. And you're just out there on the ground. Now, he will try to drive through you. Yeah, he'll go from side to side of this kind of uh, squarish screen you're in. And when he's on one side, you can run up to him and then hit him, and he'll kind of move up and down to a certain point. I think when he gets across from you and then charge. Yes. Um, I don't think he's vulnerable to any particular spells, so you can just blast away or attack him. He's really not too tough. As long as you stay out of his way, he's not bad. He, his only magic, I think he casts speed up on himself. Yeah, yeah. And he's fairly easy to hit with your weapons as well. Yeah. Now, once you've defeated him, you get another whip orb, uh, but you are stuck in the middle of the field with all the people of the ship, including the captain and his brat child. Yeah. <laughs> He's uh, or yeah, the, the captain, the commander who took the girl, it's like his dad makes fun of him now, calls him out, tells him he sucks. Yes, and he realizes that you are friends with Gemma, so now you're cool with each other. Yeah, and then you can just like leave the screen, I think. Mm -hmm. Travel north and you will find Kakara Village. The desert village, desert planet, Dune, Arrakis. Now, when you get there, 
they are distraught because uh, Salamando, the fire elemental, has disappeared, and they have no would, water. This is not or a good have, place to be. <laughs> do they have the water right now? No, there's they still need the water, and Salamando's gone. Yeah, and there's really that's it. They're like, well, you can buy some items from the the, the shopkeep who is just outside. Yeah, but other than that, you just need to go over to the cannon center and move to your next uh, area, which. If you've been to the desert, you may be able to guess. <laughs> the next area is the ice country. Ice Mon- country. So find yourself that cannon, which is just off to the side of the town. And when yeah. you get shot over, this time you do land in the village. Yay. And what an interesting village, because these are not humans, nor are they enemies you have fought before. No, no. They're uh, Arctic uh, walrus people? Walrus men. Turns out that this was... a. Uh, I'm guessing a young Kevin Smith's uh, favorite game. <laughs> I was going to say there's got to be a Tusk joke in there. Yes. Now, um, the walrus men of this town are, they're not happy. They're not happy with you. They say they're hungry. And they say that the town is becoming too warm. Hmm. What, what could, could cause this, ta- this? What could cause this town to become warm? I don't know. Uh, you can only leave the town one way. And this uh, forest is a good place to level up. Sure. That's what I uh, say. Because the I, creatures that uh, roam it, the wolves, only do physical damage. Yeah, they're they're pretty chill. Um, in fact, of all the monsters here, the only one that is kind of a pain in the butt are those L.A. funks. Oh, yeah. They're like the cloud. They cast spells at you. I, I, I don't know. I think you have to use magic to kill them. Yeah, but for the most part, you can just run away from them. Yeah, I always did. And once you've made it through this crystalline, snowy forest, you come to a house and a clearing. And a creature in front of the house, well, it looks like a, a deer, but it has a very bright red nose. <laughs> a reindeer, you might even say. My daughter was thrilled by this. <laughs> she was like, is that right, Rudolph? And I was like, let's go find out. And it is. <laughs> Holy cow. He will tell you that his master is gone. That's right. And so we better go find him. Yeah, there's only one other way to leave this uh, little clearing. And you go south into another forest. It's a bit of a maze, but not really. It's two screens with uh, one exit each, basically. Yeah, there's just some dead ends that have a crystal blocking you. So turn around when you get to the end of it. (laughs) That's about it. Yeah, yeah. There is a lot of those clouds floating around here, so run. But once you make it through this forested uh, area, you do come to another boss. Yeah, the Boreal face. And this is a redo of the original plant monster that was in the Gaia's navel. It's Tropicalo. And the fight's the same, except for now you have free access to it. It's not hidden behind rocks like it was before. Yeah, and now, you know, if you're me, you've fought that thing by yourself. So now you have allies. <laughs> so, In fact, it's uh, so much easier. Definitely. I don't even know what it's magic, what it's weak against magically, because it's around for such a short period of time, I felt like I almost all used uh, physical attacks against it. Yeah, I don't think it's particularly weak against anything you have, so... Again, if you're me, you can just blast through your MP regardless. Mm-hmm. But this one's really not too tough. Once you defeat it, though, you are given a bow orb, and that's it. It's just a, a bump on the road. Yeah, you keep going. And you get to a little town area that is warm, bright, and grassy. Yeah, uh, it's it's a, the tropics. And basically, you can quickly figure out that they've kidnapped Salamando and have been keeping him in a like a oven. To warm the area. old-fashioned stove. Yeah, like a pot belly. Mm-hmm. And uh, guess what? He thanks you and gives you some fire magic. Oh, yeah. Let's talk and about I, this fire magic real quick. Salamando. Um, 
Well, there's uh, the flame saber for the girl. Mm-hmm. Two MP, and you get fire. The enemies will get engulfed. Which is nice. Yeah, because it, it not only does it hurt them, but it immobilizes them. Yes, I used it quite often for just like we want to run through an area and I don't want to fight anything. I'll just hit them once and engulf them. Sure, yeah, yeah. And more importantly, her other two magics are pretty unique. Yeah, for her, because you get fire bouquet, Mm -hmm. which will damage the enemies as well as lower their battle power, whatever that is. (laughs) Yes. And then there's for four MP, you get blaze wall, which is just a fire, a big fire attack spell. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing that she actually has an attack spell. Yeah, it's awesome. Or two in this case. Yeah, and (laughs) um, on the sprite side of things, you get the fireball, a mere two MP that shoots fireballs out. Mm -hmm. There's the exploder, which is four, which is a big explosion attack. And the coolest looking one is the third one. The lava wave, Mm -hmm. which is three MP, so it's in the middle, and it just kind of, you know, gets some liquid hot magma. Yeah, this, the effect of the lava is just really cool looking. It's pretty cool. And hey, you know, that's Salamando, so you get all three attack spells for the sprite. Really? Except for the flame saber, all of the spells do damage. Mm-hmm. It's because uh, fire is a dangerous element, my friend. That's right. Don't play with it. But Salamando himself, super cute looking. My daughter's favorite looking elemental. He's cool. Indeed. And uh, next time I see you, Nick, if we decide to share an adult beverage, I will toast Salamando to you. Salamando. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's coverage of Secret of Mana. We have just gotten our fourth magic and are about to enter the Ice Palace. Ah, hopefully we can find Santa Claus. Oh, Christmas depends on it. I'm sure he'll be happy to see us. I would. So, of course, next week's game will continue to be The Secret of Mana as we continue to celebrate The Secret of Manuary. So if you haven't already, find a copy of this game and play along. Like we've said before, there's many ways to do so. That's right. And if you want to let us know where you land on the flamey versus flamey debate, uh, you can do so plenty of ways, one of which is cartridgecommand at gmail.com. We'd like to hear from you. Or you can let us know on the Twitterverse at Cart Command, where we also let you know when new shows drop, or at uh, Facebook at Cartridge Command. We love hearing from you on any platform. So please. Please. Contact us. Yeah. Please, <laughs> please, please me. The Beatles said that, right? They did. They were a band. I believe so. Somewhat popular. I've been. I've heard. Uh, I think they did the music European. for Earthbound. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well... That they probably did. <laughs> now, of course. Best known for that. you know, They are best known. We must go out of our way to thank those awesome folks that give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command because it's their awesome support that makes this show possible. Without them, we just uh, wouldn't have the money nor the drive to continue the show. The fact that people pay us to create is awesome. It's something we never thought would happen. But because of them, we will keep making this show every single week. And if you yeah. don't give, consider doing so. Even a dollar helps us out. Yeah, you know, even a single simoleon. Or if you're in Australia, a dollar do. Yeah, we'll take shekels, greenbacks, whatever you got. If you don't give, consider doing so. We'd love to expand this Cartridge Command Empire, perhaps cover more RPGs. Maybe, you know, along with our normal episodes concurrently. But to do so, we would need more money because time is money and we don't have a great deal of time. We're just a couple of working class guys, <laughs> guys and gals. But hey, everyone that does give and those that are about to, thank you all so very, very much. 
Yes, thank you. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game On! So, I'll call you back in a bit. Okay, so I'm just calling you back because I didn't get you, I cut you off this morning. So, we can talk tomorrow if you'd rather. So, that's okay. We'll see. Okay. Love you. Oh, you look handsome, Aaron. You're I am handsome. handsome. I mean, you are. I know. I, I, <laughs> tell you I know, but you are. You, you know I think that, right? But every once in a while, I just look at you and you don't care about yourself or fix yourself up. And I look at you and I say, oh, I don't. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for a good ending to the show. Love you. Bye. (laughs) Comedy gold, Jerry. I know. She doesn't understand it, but she is.